we're back. <laughs> My voice weird. <laughs> um, yep, we're here. It's Friday, and you know what time it is. I'm Amanda. And I'm Dr. Olson. And we are Feces, Feces and Laughter. Woo! <laughs> and we need to give, I guess, a huge... Thank you and shout out to Ashton and Heather for this topic. It's a really good one. Um, it's emergency preparedness and first aid kits for pets, which is super important. It is. Um, it's not usually something that any of us think of as pet owners until it's actually happening. So I think that this is an awesome episode. It kind of follows up to what we've already spoken on in previous episodes of just being prepared for emergencies um, and taking this kind of to the next level because it's we're, we're going to talk about quite a few things when it comes to emergencies and your pets and just being prepared. So hopefully you leave out of this episode with a few tips and tools to put in your back pocket and have you prepared for hopefully no emergencies ever. We just hope it never happens to you. Never. But hopefully you're ready. <laughs> and so before you even start building, like let's say a physical kit, I think there are some ways to have quick access to information that we think that will help your, even their household or um, just having some really cool tools for you. So one thing would be emergency rescue window stickers. This can easily identify the number of pets that you have and what kind of pets that you have in your home. So it's easy for like, anyone that is doing some sort of rescue or anyone that has to enter the home to kind of know what they're looking for for our dog and cat owners for for those of you that are strictly dog or cat owners there are these are these are something that you can find usually pretty easily even just like on amazon that like dr olson said you would have these on your front door or the window by your you know your front yeah. entry so that any emergency personnel coming into your house knows this is how many dogs this is how many cats this is what we're looking for we have actually taken it a step further because at our hospital we do see a lot of exotics and a lot of these window clings you don't find including exotic pets which just kind of sucks because for those yeah. of us that have them, they count just as much as dogs and cats. And sometimes Absolutely. they're going to be a little bit more tucked away or hidden and you won't know to look for those. So we will have some links for you at the end of this um at the end of this episode to just show you we you know, we've got those available if if that's something that you're looking for to add into your home. And then for your actual pets, having their medical records handy is really important. So keeping an updated set of those where you can easily grab them or put them into a kit. Um, Amanda has some really great ways of doing that with our system that I don't even really know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> She'll teach us all, guys. Well, I think it's important to first know what your veterinary office has available for you. So at our hospital and for our clients, we have what's called Pet Desk and it links straight to our system. There is a client facing app that you can download and that gives you direct access to your pet's medical records on the fly anytime you need them. But also for other hospitals, I know I've seen some 
people that have really cute little vaccine cards that are like the size of driver's license. It fits right into your wallet and you get those printed once a year, once you've had all of your vaccines updated, or they might have an online portal through their website where you can log in and pull up your pet's records. And so I think just educating yourself and knowing that this is what's available to me and having those links and apps saved directly onto your phone so that you can pull it up at any given time is going to be super important and helpful when you need to have them handy. Yeah. And that's not the only thing that's important. I think when yes, having their medical records, but having them identified. So having up to date information on their collars, on their tags, um, even more importantly, their microchip information Mm -hmm. updated or a microchip in general, making sure that they have one. Um, So again, just making sure that, you know, it, they are easily identified. Their medical records are easily found. Um, all of those things are going to be really important. And I think working hand in hand with your veterinary team. So like you, you've got some homework when you finish listening to this episode. Uh, we want you to, if, if you've got those pet ID tags or if your pet is microchipped, the phone numbers, do they match what your veterinary hospital has on file? Your microchip information, log into that online portal, is your, your are, are your physical address, phone number, email address, emergency contacts, are all of those things up to date? Does your pet have newly uh, diagnosed illnesses? Those are really important to have up to date on your pet. I, I know they have ID tags that you can say, like, seizures or whatever that looks like and have that have that mark like you probably know more about this because i am like lacking in the technology department but i've seen pet tags that have qr codes on them now Mm -hmm. and so there it can easily link like that we have we're on medications for diabetes or we have severe arthritis and are on medications or something like that so that this information is really readily available yeah absolutely there are there are so many Technology has definitely taken it a step further. So uh, look into what options are available for you and available in your area. And if you know that your pet is one that suffers from chronic illnesses or has anything going on like that, that people need to know if your pet was to be left with them, have all of that. Have all of that ready. And... um <laughs> I wasn't ready, but now I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we've touched on a couple of things to have, like a couple of checkboxes for you to go ahead and take care of prior to actually building out your emergency kit. And I think moving past that is actually putting together that kit now. So let's talk about what that looks like and what you should have put together in a little travel bag or whatever that looks like for you. Um, I think the the first thing, and we've, we talked about it a little bit, Dr. Olson did, is having those important documents put aside, whether it be in a folder, in a binder, whatever that looks like, but you're going to want to have your, any identification paper. So something that's going to show proof of ownership, maybe even your pet's microchip number. If, if they are microchipped, having those medical records pulled or even having them saved onto your phone. Um, if they are on specific medications, having those instructions written down, maybe stuck on the inside of that folder with everything else, have an emergency contact list available. So 
who is your primary veterinarian? Do you have a specific pharmacy where you're having any of those chronic medications filled, having that put aside? And then something else that we've seen, and, and I think something that's important, especially say that you and your pet get separated, is have up-to-date pictures mm-hmm. of your pet on your phone, printed out, um, have those, like a waterproof yeah. container for those important documents yeah. would be nice and just keeping some pictures of them and things in there. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you've got that cute selfie of you and your pet from last week, have that favorited and, and easily accessible having something right now and not five years ago, you know, your pet may be great a little, you, you don't want to show them when they're a puppy. And if you guys were to get separated, you want to be able to show, Hey, that is my dog. So, um, I think those are just a few of the important documents that you want to have set aside and put into your emergency kit. And then we'll move on to just some travel supplies, um, making sure that, they have that you have a crate or a carrier that is that is large enough to accommodate them at their size they currently are so not like when you were (laughs) potty training them as a puppy make sure you have them and that you keep them around as safe places Ooh, yeah keep those handy it's even a nice little vet hack and it's something that we recommend to our clients don't just pull the carrier out when you're taking them to the vet or even in an emergency. If you're frantic and you're trying to gather all the things and you pull that carrier out of the attic, <laughs> I'm pulling out this dust-covered carrier out of the attic and now I'm trying to throw my cat who is clearly feeding off my anxiety into that carrier. It ain't going well. So <laughs> we always recommend to our clients, like, keep the carrier somewhere easily accessible maybe take the door off leave it open whatever that looks like so that they know it's not it's it's a safe space for them and just have it have it accessible and having an extra harness, collar, leash, all of those items that you can safely restrain your pet with. Um, also, you can keep an update, up-to-date set of tags, like an extra one inside of your bag so that if your pet wasn't wearing the collar or didn't have those on when you guys had to, let's say, evacuate or something, you have a, a, the next pair to put on. Um, having a flashlight, having batteries, And then something that I didn't even think of was having a muzzle. So if your pet gets injured um, or having thick gloves and towels available for your cat patients, because they, you may need to restrain them a little bit more than you think, especially in a kind of a scary situation. Yeah. I think it's important to know. And, and this is something that you'd see, even if you came into your vet hospital with your patient suffering or your pet suffering from some sort of emergency, fear and pain can cause your pet to act out of their normal behavior. So you could be at risk of getting bit. Yeah. And that's just, that's safety for you, that's safety for your pet. And it's it's, and it's not, a natural response. Exactly. It's not a bad dog or a bad cat. That's like in those situations, they are unpredictable. Yes. And so we, you, we, we know that you love your pet and we know that your pet loves you. Mm-hmm. But if they're at a certain level of like, whether they're in shock or in pain, like they are not going to be acting like themselves. It is no testament to you. The process goes out the window. Yeah. Yeah, and they're not rational, and you just have to protect yourself, too. Yes. Cool. So that, I think, kind of wraps up travel supplies. That's got some good things to make sure you've got set aside. Um, the next big section is going to um, cover more so of the 
comfort items or the pet necessities that you probably use on a day-to-day basis and you don't really think about having those things readily available when you have to travel or get out in a hurry um but if you've got a cat maybe having a really portable litter box maybe it's a an amazon box or one of the smaller plastic litter boxes i really just struggled to get all of that out (laughs) they have like really cheap just small um almost i don't want to say disposable but they almost look like that they're almost like very they're not very sturdy but they're great to have for just a cheap option for your pet you can line it with a a pee pad or you can put trash bags in it with a little bit of litter and just maybe having some litter set aside in a one or two gallon ziploc bag with a scoop um having those puppy pads or or house training pads put aside just in case you get stuck somewhere that doesn't have maybe a grassy area for your dog to go out um keeping you should always have these if you've got a dog and you're going out and about but having poop disposal bags um keeping those maybe connected to your leash having them connected to your carrier in the bag um trash bags paper towels cleaning supplies are a really big one that i i hadn't really thought of like having disinfectant having dish washing liquid like just um there especially as you start to travel you you might be going into a place that's a little bit more you know it might not be clean and you want to be able to wash everything down and and sanitize things so just having those sorts of things um with you and then for comfort items maybe having some of their favorite toys or treats set aside maybe an extra blanket or something that's going to be more familiar and like a safety item for your pet and then another big one that i personally hadn't thought of is having tie out stakes for your dog so i didn't think of that i know they're not everywhere is going to have a safe walking area or somewhere where you can hook them up or just let them roam free so maybe just having something so that on the fly you can put it down let them run around for a little bit and stretch their legs out too yeah and then with you said talked about treats like their favorite treats and stuff um having about seven days or so of food we were talking about just like the food and medicine portion of your kit and what i think would be a great idea is when you open a fresh bag of food putting aside um like let's say a gallon ziploc bag putting that of that fresh food and having that in the bag and as you finish a bag of food dumping that into you know using that and then when your new bag opens doing it again so that way this food is not getting really old it's not sitting in there for who knows how long this is from my bag in 2017 (laughs) that's probably not good probably not good um so keeping that up like fresh and doing the same thing with medications Um, we have a lot of clients that call for refills as they like literally are giving the last pill. And so making sure that you're on a rotation where you're getting medications at least, you know, one to two weeks prior to when you run out, that way you have a little, a set amount aside that if you need to travel, like have it somewhere that's easy to grab, have maybe an extra bottle that you put a few in and do the same thing like you do with your food, use those up. And then when you get your fresh bottle, fill that little travel container again, Um, that way again it's not expiring Um, another thing was having a can opener like a manual can opener um, so that you can get into food yeah like I didn't think of that at all Um, and then some 
like disposable or, or just cheap food and water dishes, having about seven days or so of water. So just making sure that you have these things that if you absolutely needed to go somewhere and you can't get in touch with your vet or you're not, you need to make sure that you have established that um, patient-client relationship. Otherwise, nobody's going to be able to fill medication for you. So just please think ahead of that, especially in your patients that like have really painful conditions or seizure conditions, heart conditions, things that like you need to get their medications into them right away. Yeah, no, those are, those are all really good things. And I would have, I wouldn't have thought about a can opener. No, I would have forgotten that. <laughs> and we'd all just be like rubbing it on the concrete or whatever did, they talk we about. We did like, try that save one time. <laughs> when we, uh, when we, I completely forgot about this, but when we first, when Animal Care of Greenville first opened up, I mean, this was, I mean, now it's been 11 years, but when this hospital first opened, we had... It was one of the big cans of dog food that we sell off the shelf, and it's not a pop-top. So usually you're like five-ounce cans or pop-tops. It was one of the big dog food cans, and it was not a pop-top. And this was when Dr. Christian Proietto was working at the <laughs> clinic with us, and he... <laughs> We needed to open this can for a patient and he and we didn't have a can opener. <laughs> and there was nowhere to go to like quickly get one right then and then. He was like, I, I think I got this. So we're all sitting and this is we had just opened up, so we're our hospital was pretty slow at the time. We're all sitting in the parking lot and he's <laughs> he is rubbing this can against the <laughs> against the cement, trying to open it up. You guys should race. Like one person get in their car, drive to the store, get a can over and come back, and then while he's doing it and see who wins. I don't even I feel like he did, but I think it was with extra tools too. Like I think he ended up getting knives and whatever else he could find in the clinic to open it up, but I had never heard of that method. Yeah. And he was just like, I think I can do this. And there he is sitting in the parking lot, scrubbing this can against the ground. It, I don't know that that is what eventually opened the can, but we're going to say it did. Yeah. I got, yeah, I got let's you, Dr. Give P. Some credit for that. <laughs> um, okay. So out of all the things we've listed, you've already got a lot to start getting together. The next big thing, and it was something that, it was, I think maybe Ashton had specifically asked about is an actual pet first aid kit. Yep. And so I, I think that there are, there are a lot of things that you, there are probably so many things you could put into a first aid kit, but there are going to be a few things that you should have ready. I think at any point in time, not just in case of having to flee your home because of a natural disaster. Um, but just, I think at any point in time, having this available for you and for your pet in your um, home or even your car. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, your car's probably a really good place to keep this. Um, you'll need to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might have to get two first aid kits and just, <laughs> just keep that in mind when we get to the end of this episode. Cause that's, we would love if you get two first aid kits. <laughs> So, <laughs> shameless plug. Um, okay, no. So, quick little list of things that you should have in your pet's first aid kit. So, antibiotic ointment. Do you have any specific recommendations on? No, I like when they have them in, in like those small packets. So, if you Ooh, get like, like little foil packs, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if you have something big like that, can like 
leak out of it or you're touching it with your fingers or something when like when well, you're especially if it's yes, going on something going, gross exactly <laughs> i just feel like they're disgusting and so anything like neosporin wise any triple antibiotic ointment if you can get it into like the small packs um Amazon. i think those are gonna yeah those are gonna be a good way of having them available and then when you use it you don't take it out like if it's a tube you take it out you use it you maybe forget to put it back yeah and then you don't have it like these at least you just take one of those little foil packs out yeah no that's good advice from the doctor uh, <laughs> that's all I'm good um, for my guys <laughs> so bandage supplies and this is this is gonna come with a caveat guys but having cotton bandage rolls having bandage tape and bandage scissors and bandage scissors are gonna be a little bit different from your like office supply scissors they're a little bit they're they're blunt tipped so yeah. they're not super pointy on the end of them but they are sharp actual scissors um but i think somebody has an important message about bandaging <laughs> here's your announcement from your doctor <laughs> there is there are, is a very high chance that you can cause problems with bandaging techniques. So if you're going to bandage your pet, that is implying that you are seeking veterinary help and that this is a temporary, very temporary bandage. We have seen many cases where a bandage became constricting and has even led to the loss of the portion of that limb. And so like I'm, I'm say this very seriously that when bandaging, there are specific techniques that your medical teams are trained on to make sure that it's safe to last a little bit longer. But otherwise I'm talking like 20 minutes and then take that bandage off. So hopefully you've, you're at a vet hospital or you're with somebody that can properly bandage or you just take it off and rewrap if you need to. Um, but they can get very, very dangerous very quickly. Mm. All right. There you have it. No more than 20 minutes, guys. Don't do that. <laughs> um, I think when it comes to bandaging, typically if you're having to bandage something, that's because you've got a wound or something of the sort. So having latex gloves in your first aid kit, having wireless clippers are actually... They're pretty fantastic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you guys, they are a life changer. It is something that us in the hospital so we've always had at like true corded connected to the wall like really nice clippers and, and this is to clip fur yes oh yes this is going to be to shave those wound areas to shave fur um whatever that looks like and sometime in the last i don't know what like year and a half two years we found these on like in chat boards of veterinary groups or like on Amazon and they're wireless. They're about six inches in yeah. length. They're very pocket small. Size. They're charged. You just charge them yep. like with a wall charger. They don't last forever, but nope. if these are just sitting in a bag, like they're going to be very usable. Um, when on the you fly. Yeah. yeah. They're really convenient. They are perfect. So getting your latex gloves, getting them some wireless clippers just to have on hand in case you need to clean up an area, having alcohol. And I think having a bottle of alcohol is not bad, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> Like definitely not bad for those emergency situations. I see what I did there. <laughs> um, cleaning alcohol, not the drink kind. Maybe um, both. But you can even get that in pads, like how she mentioned having little disposable packets of antibiotic ointment. Alcohol prep pads also are a thing, so you can get those and have those to be able to clean stuff up really quick. Um, saline solution. 
be pretty good for flushing yeah. out like especially eyes and stuff mm-hmm. and i just get like eye flush or eye wash solution from the like in the pharmacy area it's not like a prescription or anything but just make sure you're finding just something that's like sterile eye wash it's usually made of like purified water because that can go in any wound it can go in the eyes it can it's not going to harm any tissue nice I love little doctor tidbits of information. (laughs) Um, And then a a few more important things to have on hand would just be like, I know she already mentioned having a towel for maybe stressed kitties, but also having like a towel and a washcloth for cleaning, drying, wiping up these areas on your pet that might be injured. Um, Tweezers are never a bad idea if they've got something stuck in them on them. And then one other big thing just to have on hand at any given time are nail trimmers for your pets and then quick stop powder yeah which is like our best friend in the clinic so (laughs) you can get that at any pet store in the probably right next to the the nail trimmers yeah so especially if they if they have like overgrown nails and they end up like getting it caught somewhere or and it breaks off and it's bleeding like to get control of that before getting into the vet hospital you can put that styptic powder on there and the nice thing about it is it contains the quick stop at least contains a little numbing agent to hopefully reduce some of that pain there nice what's that face i don't know (laughs) when i like just suddenly stop talking (laughs) no i will say though um and it's always funny to me like you can tell and i'm still talking about the quick stop powder but (laughs) even in the hospital i love it because the team are like technicians and assistants who are typically the ones doing the nail trims all the time they just go for it and you don't see the quick stop powder come out until they need the quick stop powder but if you ask a doctor to do a nail trim <laughs> it's like a good it's, it's like a <laughs> what's it called um superstition yeah. like i'm like i need it. if i have it readily available i won't need it yeah if i don't have it i don't know where it is i'm bound to quick a nail <laughs> i mean granted i feel like doctors are just bound to quick a nail it just always but... makes me laugh because i feel like that is a doctor thing it's uh yes i can help you with that nail trim but can you you bring me the nail trimmers and, and the quick some stop sort of blood stopping <laughs> device <laughs> um okay so you've got it you've got a whole list of things that you need to go get together for your pet you're going to get your important documents together your travel supplies your carriers go ahead and pull those jokers out of the attic dust them off make them comfy for your pets right now you've got your necessities your food and medicines and your first aid kit we get it all yeah that's awesome yeah so moving forward just a couple of things for you guys we will have some links available on our sites we will have some emergency preparedness checklists available for you to download save to your phone print out put it on your fridge have that talk to your family about it you know make sure that everybody is aware of what is going to go into like an evacuation protocol for your household and for your pets and then i think one other big thing and i don't know if we talked about it earlier is just knowing what type of emergencies happen in your area Are you in an area that is prone to flooding or hurricanes or tornadoes, snowstorms? Those are good ones. (laughs) <laughs> like racking my brain. I can only list the things that I know. And snowstorms is not on yeah, that no, list. I'm surprised I made it on there for you. I looked at you and I was like, ooh, snowstorms. So, <laughs> I look like snow. <laughs> <laughs> not what I was going for. But, um, but yeah, so just knowing, like, what type of natural disasters should you be 
aware of in your area and just having a plan ready for that. Um, and then talking to your vet if you have any questions about anything. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. You've got homework. I'm going to be the first one to have to do this because I'm like the least prepared and I'm a vet. I don't have you, any of those things at home. Not me either. I barely have a human first aid kit at home. Yeah. Uh, I have band-aids. I have band-aids. I have band-aids. <laughs> yeah. They, I don't think they've been used on a single cut that needed them. I think Ooh. they were like, I have a little boo-boo and I need band-aids. Something I forgot to mention about your first aid kit. I'm backing up for two seconds. Having hydrogen peroxide. Ooh, but not for wounds. Not for wounds. You need to have it by the bottle. And <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> hydrogen peroxide is always good to have on hand literally at any point in time because if your pet ingests something they're not supposed to ingest, call your vet. If they need the to make poison control. Yep. Because they'll give you how much to give mm-hmm. if you need to do it, especially if you're far away from a veterinary office yep. and need to get your pet to vomit before getting there. Otherwise, we have some methods that are a little bit safer than using hydrogen peroxide to be able to make them vomit right there in the clinic where we can monitor them. Um, but definitely good to have. Yeah. Okay. I forgot that one. I think I got everything else. You guys stay tuned. If you have any questions, let us know. But hopefully this helps you guys feel a little bit more prepared in case of an emergency. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care.